Alrighty guys, welcome to the first episode of the Armchair Critics Podcast. My name is Sean and I'm joined with Jack. Howdy guys. So Jack and I have been planning on making a podcast for years over a few beers and we've finally put our fingers out and got it done and yeah. uh, here we are. Absolutely was not an easy road to get here. Uh, certain retailer made it very, very difficult for us to get to this point, but uh, despite all that, here we are. Um, yeah, we just got to the point where we felt like we were having too many just super important intellectual conversations between the two of us and just felt like you guys were missing out. So here we are. Got to share the goodies with everyone. Exactly right, mate. To get into it, we'll start on the cricket. Absolutely. So um, as many of you will know, Sean and I uh, met through cricket. So a lot of our uh, a lot of our chat will be sports-based, particularly around cricket. Um, and if you're even a semi-casual cricket fan, you'll have heard the... Somewhat late news now of the uh, resignation from Justin Langer from the uh, head coaching gig in Australia. I think resignation is a selective word for yeah. everyone involved. I do believe he resigned with a shoe print in his back, <laughs> I think is uh, how you'd phrase that. So, um, look, I don't know what you reckon, Sean, but I think it was pretty poorly handled by Cricket Australia in general. For those like our friend Dickie, shoe print in the back means you've been like, kicked in the back. Just want to yeah. clarify that for yeah. our brother. Bloke's been pushed. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it all it all played out far too publicly. Um, and, you know, it, 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 if this had happened six months ago or even 12 months ago, you could probably understand it with the results and things. But it's just not a great look when he's come off winning a World Cup, winning 4-0 in the Ashes. And they said, sorry, mate, we only want to give you a six-month extension. It is a bit of a slap in the face, if you ask me. So, yeah, very, very poorly... Poorly handled by Cricket Australia, I think. 100%. Um, it'd be interesting for the next person that comes in too. I would love to see Ricky Ponting, but I don't know if you'd be taking your brother's job after he's just been shooed in the back. Yeah, I think um, yeah, I think Ricky Ponting seems reasonably happy with where he's at. You know, he's got a good gig on seven. You know, he comes up looking like the Messiah most days on Channel 7 compared to the, uh, the other spuds that sit next to him. <laughs> So yeah. and uh, and also has a very good gig with the uh, the Delhi Capitals over in the IPL, um, who were the team that uh, just picked up Mitch Marsh and David Warner in the uh, in the IPL auction not four or five days ago. So um, I think they'll do quite well again this year. So I'd, I can't really see him wanting to give that job up. Well, he's got his own Ponting wines as well that him and his wife have, and yeah, I think he's quite a salubrious drop, if you ask me. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that he's really going to want to give up a lot of his family time to be travelling all over the world for ten months of the year. So, well, didn't yeah, didn't JL say they travelled close to three hundred days last year, it like is, away it, from home? So, it, like it even might still be in Australia, but he's Perth based, I believe, and yeah, that's that's quite a lot. Yeah, well, and given the restrictions in Perth at the minute, I'm not sure he would have spent a whole lot of Mount time Gower. in Perth. So, uh, yeah, look, I, th uh, I think that is roughly it. I think they do spend close to 10 months on the nine to 10 months on the road every year, COVID or not. So, I know it's professional it's sport, but that is a tough gig, especially yeah. if you've got kids and a family back at home too. So, yeah, exactly. So, and that Cricket Australia haven't exactly painted the, uh, the prettiest of environments to walk into. So, um, I, I really I do think Andrew McDonald will take over, uh, assistant coach. He's been named the interim already and, given how little media there's been about it, it just doesn't seem like they're looking too hard for another coach. The the funniest thing I reckon of the breakup though is of all places and platforms you can talk about your resignation. So like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, a public press conference. Langer went to LinkedIn. 
Did he? He went to LinkedIn and posted a multi, multi paragraph explanation of why he resigned. And Link- well, that, that probably follows on because I heard the the meeting, the quote unquote meeting that Cricket Australia had, wasn't held in a boardroom or behind closed doors. Was at a pub. Oh, hey, so that's where all the good stuff happens. Yeah, to look, be fair, that's true. Um, but link LinkedIn but of all places, like I suppose it's. It's like the business Facebook, but please, what's cricket got to do with LinkedIn? Yeah, um, yeah, I, I can't answer that. But uh, yeah, look, I don't know. It poorly handled top to bottom, I think. So uh, disappointing to see from a guy who's done a very, very good job in Australian cricket for the last four years, and for them to let him run his deal and say no, sorry, we don't think you're worth another go. Yeah, I thought it was poor. Yeah, tough for Paddy Cummins, fresh captain, and all the old boys having a crack and. He's kind of stuck. He's a set in the meat in the sandwich with cricket. Sport politics sucks. Yeah, and I I don't know. He was put in a really tough spot because there's just you know the the two ways that it goes is he comes out and says something either way, and then gets criticised when nothing happens or when the opposite happens, or he says nothing and he gets criticised for having splinters up his ass from sitting on the fence. It's just one of those things. It, I I thought he played it quite well to be honest, and he seems to have shrugged it off all right. But, geez, it's a tough gig, tough initiation. It would look better with the baby blues at the press conference, just just nice and nice, thick sausage on his top lip. Yeah. Look a bit more, you know. Authority. Authority, (laughs) commanding. Yeah, so, no, I don't know. Tough gig, that is for sure. Um, so that's, as I've uh, previously mentioned, the IPL auction, um, finished up for Sunday, Sunday night. Um, so, so there's two expansion expansion teams. There are so which then also resulted in teams only being able to retain up to four players. Out of, so which, what's their squad which size? is new, are uh, quite quite large, like twenty five. Jesus. So it's huge, um, which is uh, good because I definitely think there's enough talent going around in international cricket for. That to happen. So how many international players can they have? They're allowed to have up to four playing at any one time. But I think I'm not. They might be allowed to have maybe up to ten or twelve on their roster, right. something like that. I was gonna say because if they're so got it a does, squad it does it does open it a lot. It does mean that there's a lot of new Indian guys playing this year, which is fair enough. It's their like it's their tournament. it's their league, yeah. So it's exactly like the Big Bash with all of our grade cricketers playing. In the big bash, but um, Quality, we had, uh, I think, 12 Australians picked up in the IPL, which is pretty good. It's probably pretty similar to previous years. I don't know that the two extra teams has made a massive difference for us. Obviously, a few guys that... We're not very good at T20 cricket. We just won the World Cup. Yeah, so there were also a few notable omissions. So, you know, Steve Smith didn't get picked up. He got picked up for two million bucks two years ago. No contract this year. Um, Aaron Finch didn't get a gig. So... Um, Jai Richardson and Mitchell Stark, I believe, I believe both Stark withdrew. Out. Stark I know Stark did. Out. I have a feeling Jai Richardson probably has as well, maybe under orders from Cricket Australia because they're not taking him to Pakistan for load management after playing one test match and two Shield games for the summer so far. So, <laughs> yeah, go him. But um, no, the story of the day, really, Tim David, who is uncapped for Australia, has played international cricket. For Singapore, one of but my biggest like, peeves 
is blokes with two first names. So and that is one of the worst as ones how, as time. As Howie quotes, the man with two genuine first names got picked up for one and a half million Australian dollars, which is great for him. That's life-changing, right? And he actually... He's been killing it in the PSL at the moment. He killed it in the Big Bash. Actually, off the back of that, a day later, signed a new deal with the Hurricanes for the next two years. So the bloke is setting himself up. Can't trust him with that money. I tell you. Far <laughs> <laughs> oh, out. What's he doing with one and a half million oh, with goodness. two first names? So David Tim. Uh, we then we had four more Australians go for over a million bucks. So we had Hazelwood, Cummins, Marsh and Warner all go between 1.1 and 1.45. That's all pretty fair. The big bison changed yep. the game at the World Cup. Had a great year last year. I oh, thoroughly deserved. Got picked up on a pretty small, reasonably comparatively small contract compared to some others last year in the IPL. Um, and Chennai then won the comp and he was influential in that tournament. So, so he's definitely back well there with punter, yeah? No, he is now with um, RCB, I believe. He got picked up by, so he'll go over and play with Coley um, in that side, uh, which is a good pickup. Cummins goes back to Kolkata, which is where he got picked up. Is Cummins two considered years ago for three million bucks or something? The T twenty is he an all-rounder? Is he a bowler? No, I think he's a bowler. He did make some handy runs last year, but I mean, un- unless you're batting in the top six, I don't think you can be classed as an all-rounder in T twenty cricket. Sweet. So Daniel Sams is a bowler then too. Daniel Sams is a bowler, and on Daniel Sams, he was then the pick of the rest. So he went for 484k, leading. Uh, so Sean Abbott picks Sims? up his. Yeah, Daniel Sams. He's yep. lucky to have an S on his surname. Oh, oh, that's Tim David territory. Um, so Sean Abbott picked up, I believe, his first IPL deal. The killer. Um, and Matt Wade picked up uh, a deal after, I'm not sure whether he's been in the IPL before, but he certainly hasn't been for a few years. Picked up uh, 446. Then Coulton Isle, Meredith, Berendorf, and our favourite. Berendorf? Yeah, and our favourite first-class cricketer, maybe of all time. I reckon he's probably one of my favourite of all time, Nathan Ellis. Pick, oh, yep. Picked up for 139. Niche. Um, as he did last year. So, um, performed quite well is for that, a for a shithouse Punjab team last year. So. Is that the minimum? Uh, I No, it was his base price, though. So, 139 would have been his base price and Berendorf, because that's what they went for. Right. So, but you can set your base price as low as, like, 42k Australian. I wouldn't go that for 42. So, well, I mean, it, it depends. I reckon they could have bought worse players for more. Yeah, absolutely. So, I think you know, guys like um, Hayden Kerr put themselves down at 42. I mean, you could do worse than That's Hayden Kerr for 42. He was second leading wicket taker and nearly scored 100 in the semi-final. So, anyway, what can you do? But a uh, successful auction from the Australians, in my opinion. Yeah, um, 100%. Which is good stuff. Got the boys. So, IPL, killing it as per usual. The complete opposite to the Big Bash. Um, <laughs> which, I think that tournament, correct me if I'm wrong, but ran for about eight or nine months this year. That's what it fucking felt like. Because, if uh, that's the case, it was eight or nine months too long. It is the longest tournament of all time. Um, and there's news that broke a week or so ago now uh, of John O'Wells getting delisted by the Adelaide Strikers. Which, as far as I'm concerned, ranks as one of the dumbest roster changes. So, on face value... In, in, in sport, 
all time. So when you on face value you hear John O'Wells, it's like, well, he's a domestic cricketer, hasn't played for Australia. I didn't realise the stats he's built up over the last few BBL seasons. Nah, so he's the fourth leading run scorer in the Big Bash all time. Lee uh only trailing Lynn Finch and Maxwell, who are three very handy names. Lynn, probably the most successful Australian domestic T20 cricketer ever. Finch, who I think is Australia's leading run scorer in international T20 cricket. And Glenn Maxwell, who you could argue is the most talented cricketer in Australia. The big show. And, and fourth is John O'Wells. Little John O'Wells. Who has never even been mentioned in Australian selected selections ever, not even once. Yeah, that's because he doesn't And he just bombs. carves him out. Averages mid-30s, striking at high 120s, near uh, low 130s. He's built a good career. He scored 500 runs this year, second only to Ben McDermott. Who, who brained it. Who absolutely brained him start to finish. Scored 200s this year. Two? Uh, yeah, back-to-back, weren't they? Yeah, and a 90. Nearly scored 300s in the tournament. So, I oh, just... 100 avoidance. Yeah. That's cash. That's especially on his wage. Massive, massive fines. But it just, you know, given the current circumstances with, you don't know what international players are going to be available for the next tournament with border closures and things like that, with the current state of the world, why you wouldn't want to lock in one of the better players on our shores is beyond me. And it's exactly why I argue that seven of the 11 Big Bash titles have been won by two clubs. Because the Sixers and the Scorchers don't do dumb shit like that. It is, it is the most Brisbane Heat move ever by the Adelaide Strikers. It's questionable too. It's not like John is a state player for South Australia. He's WA based? Or yeah, yeah, he is. Perth based. So Perth based and went, started his career in Hobart they are at the Hurricanes. The Hurricanes let him go and he's built an... I actually think he is the Strikers leading run scorer all time. So and if not, he's like top two. Surely the Scorchers are just licking their chops. Oh, my God. It's free nice. money. Oh. He's been linked to the Renegades already, which I think he fits with. You know, a bit of experience in a younger lineup. But he, he would like, do better. Would you, go, would you go to the Renegades for, you know... I, like, I don't know what they what he's getting paid. But if the Renegades offer him whatever, you, like, they're going to come last anyway. It doesn't even matter. That's smart. Or do, you, or do you go to the Scorchers for less, take a lesser role, and... Who even cares? You're just going to win another flag. That's smart cricket up from the Renegades. Like, they can, you know, put him at five and get rid of Mohamed Nabi and probably couldn't do worse on a international cricketer. Yeah, speaking of the Renegades, um, they cut Cameron Boyce the other day just, be, just before their last game. Yeah. Who he then, then he then went out and took four wickets in four balls. Oh, excellent. Yeah. So, they've then come out and released a statement after that saying, no, no, we are looking at re-signing him. Yeah, like, fuck yeah. You've just ditched this bloke by the wayside. And Why would you go back there if your boy's Oh, far out. Your he'd market's pick, never been up, hotter. He'd, he'd pick up a deal anywhere. He is that good. He, Not for the heat part. He spun the Renegades to a win in that final. I don't think he got player of the final. Is this the he Melbourne-Melbourne Melbourne final? The Melbourne-Melbourne final when the Stars bottled it. He took, t- took two for not many, got stoyness out. Like he And that stoyness wicket was what started that... Like collapse. collapse. It started that eight for thirty or whatever they lost, and he spun him to spun him to win that game, and that was two seasons ago. Ah, maybe three You're seasons looking at the ago. Wrong guy for cricket history. He's a good cricketer. He's a good bowler. Good leggies are hard to find, and they're just nah, not interested. So I assume he'll go pay, play for the Sixers or the Scorchers next year. Yeah. And win a flag. 
because that's just what the good clubs well, do. What, they what pick like up good cricketers. Well, Scorchers have hats all good at the moment as their leggy. Who do the Sixers have? Lloyd Pope. Yeah, and it doesn't look like Steve O'Keefe will go around again. So, so I'd be yeah. The, that's closer the, to Queensland for him. The Sixers would be uh, licking their yeah, chops. Yeah, absolutely. So and that, he'd fit well in that system, I think. And, you know, Greg Shepard does a good job there. Well, he can't very, do very, very, and he'll and he's available all year. He's not playing for Australia anymore. He's available all year. He's not playing state he's, cricket. He doesn't play state cricket. Hardly play, really plays any grade cricket anymore. He just keeps himself ready for big bash and keeps going around and around and around. He's had a tough couple of years actually. Cameron Boyce struggled with a few mental issues, a bit of anxiety and stuff. He's Shit. gone through a bit of bit of crap stuff, and well, that's, that's why he's been out basically for the last twelve months. That's well, good. He's come back, and came and, back and, and took, killed it. You know, ten wickets in his first six games or something for the Renegades, who then finished last for the second year in a row. Would you call him the King of Sherberg? Oh, surely. I love him. I'm a big Cameron Boyce fan. So, shout out Cameron when you listen to this. We are dreaming. So, all right, now we're now going to move on to a segment called Overrated, Underrated. So, so Sean and I have picked out five topics each, and we are going to give them to one another, and we will say overrated or underrated, or if we think they're perfectly rated, we'll give them a perfectly rated, as you would. So, Sean, if you want to kick us off. All right, so my first topic is haircuts. Oh, in particular for you. Well, I'm going to say overrated. Um, personally, I don't have that many haircuts left in me. So, but yeah, uh, going to a hairdresser to get a haircut for me now, way overrated. Hairdresser or a barber? Oh, either or. Both under what both you, uh, both overrated. What would you go to? Uh, I've been to a hairdresser my whole life, so yeah. You posh, posh man. So, no. Uh, all right, my first one: sliced cheese. Overrated. Wow. That is not the answer I expected. I'm not that much of a cheese bloke. I know I look like I eat a lot of cheese, but I don't eat that much cheese. Only time I'll eat sliced cheese is when I hook into Hungry Jacks on a Sunday morning after a few warm tequilas at Retros. Oh, that's foul. And I don't hold back. That, and that's not real cheese, dude. It's still sliced. That, oh, no, that's... Yeah, it's sliced something else. So, what What do you reckon of sliced cheese? I reckon it is underrated. You're kidding. Sli- there is what What cheese do you go to? Are you an old, either old English? Are you a cheddar? Swiss? Whatever's sliced, mate. If you, so easy. You walk into a Woolies deli, right? Any deli for that matter. It doesn't Look, have to be mate, Woolies. Grated, grated cheese. You're putting it on sandwiches. You put it on wraps. Or you put it on burgers. Yeah, if you put it on grated. Yeah, grated cheese. No, we're talking sliced cheese. Falls out everywhere. Sliced cheese doesn't. Acts as a platform for your other fillers. It's underrated, I'm telling you. Nah, it's overrated. Righto, whatever. We're going to have to agree to disagree there, Sean. And I'm not headbutting you, because... I'll win. (laughs) Brains. Oh, yeah, that's it. Metal plates. I've probably got more forehead than you, though. Only because you lost a bit of air. It's getting bigger by the minute. Thanks so much, world's greatest shave. All right, next topic. Cheers, Andy. Ikea. Underrated. That is a, an instant underrated. Flat pack furniture is the way of the future, mate. I think it's perfectly rated. You, know, Only, you see these millennials moving out of home, can't build shit. Like me, you're a, yeah. flat pack furniture is the way to go, mate. So it's still ridiculously tough to put together as someone who probably has the worst motor skills when it comes to building 
at anything. Yeah. But the other underrated factor about IKEA is the uh, the other homeware stuff. Like you can kit out your entire kitchen with you know utensils, cups, plates, bowls, everything for about sixty four cents total. Like it's just the ducks nuts, mate. I'll tell you what is underrated IKEA though: Swedish meatballs at the restaurant. I knew there. you were gonna say that. I knew you were gonna that say shit that. Slaps. My mouth is never bored. I I have never had the Swedish meatballs from IKEA, mate. I don't go there for the food, brother. I yeah, go I don't there go there for the. I, I go for there. I go there for the cups and the plates. I don't go for the, there for. Oh my goodness, can't talk. Standard. I don't go for the food either. But when in Rome, when in Rome, <laughs> treat yourself. Uh, Double right. down. Get two servings. Next no topic. sliced cheese on them though. Next topic, going to the movies. Horrendously underrated, but don't do it too much. You got to keep it as a treat. You know, sometimes spice it up, get into that gold class, get them reclined seats, treat yourself to a cheeky seltzer. All good. Life's good. What do you reckon? Oh, I know what you're going to say, actually, but you can spit it out. It's going to start with O and then rated. Um, I do believe it is overrated. <laughs> That's because I, it costs you money. I genuinely think it's overrated. Like, I can set up that experience at home. No, you can't. I can, I can lay back with a beer, with a plate of food in front of me, and watch a movie from the comfort of my own home. Going to the movies, overrated. Nah. Are you a popcorn guy? I Well, when I go to the movies, I do get popcorn, yeah. I, I fucking hate popcorn. Do ya? Can't stand it. What? It sucks. Oh man! Like, you can get, I should have put popcorn as one of the topics. You can put popcorn in your mouth, right? And you get a mouthful or like a handful, and you know, fill your gob up. And almost every time you get some bullshit kernel that's not popped yet, and it just ruins it. It doesn't taste that good. Oh, once over, again, Sean, we're gonna have to agree to disagree. It's brother. overpriced. It ain't it. So many better things you can get there. Pods, what? choc top, pods, choc top. Oh, give it a spell. Right, this one's a sport-based one, and it's actually cricket-based. Creams. Uh, uh, they're perfectly rated. Yeah, I had this argument rated. Squizzy. I reckon they're horrendously overrated again. Actually, not Squizzy, it was Berkey. No, I, I think they're perfectly rated. I think they do look better, oh. but everyone knows that they look better, so they're perfectly rated. I can't cop that. What do you mean you can't cop that? You cannot tell me that whites look better than creams. They look what better. are you, English? Nah. Oh, shut your lips. King of Nimble. Oh, shut up. Nah, moving on. Next topic, ice baths. Underrated. Massively underrated. Hurt, painful, but when you get out, you're in a place of inertia. Yeah, I don't hate it. All right, all right, again, I reckon they're perfectly rated. Not going to say underrated because they're, yeah, I don't know. Again, no, they're not always 100% effective and they do absolutely hum at the time. You get in the water, it is freezing cold. It hums, mate. Um, again, like the movies, but it's not a regular thing. You've got to treat yourself to an ice bath. You yeah, know, okay. I See, I would rather just get in the pool and like walk laps of the pool. What? Uh, like after a day in the dirt, I would rather like go for a little paddle in the pool rather than dunk yourself in an ice bath every day of the week and twice on a Sunday. Yeah. But each to their own, eh? Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Personalised plates. Oh. 
<clears throat> I got a bone to pick here. Maybe one of the all-time most overrated yes. things of all time. <laughs> I've never understood why people fork out three to four figures just so everyone knows that it's your car. Everyone knows it's your car. Mine, yeah, they can tell I, from the the, you know, the cleanliness of the inside. From a from a business perspective, I don't hate it. Like if you're gonna get business oriented plates, that's fine though. I have no problem with that. It's when people get their initials and then their like year of birth. So like, what? Who fucking cares, mate? I I genuinely don't care. Sounds sorry, sorry, Sarah, who's driving around in her Mazda two. I don't give a fuck when you were born, mate. Sarah with a five, you know, to reduce the cost a little oh, bit. Yeah. No, a with a four. Oh. Please. Please. Give it a spell. Every now and then, so like, I live in Surface, you'll get a funny rich guy that's, you know, unusually has a bit of humour about it and he'll have quite a witty one, but they're a diamond dozen. Oh, mate. It doesn't happen. Most of the time, it's just like rich guy or Bitcoin. Mate. No one cares, mate. They are the, probably the most overrated thing on this planet. Absolutely agree. Uh, next one, Coriander. This, what you're doing to me now is like when you're playing Never Have Ever with your mates at a party and you just look at someone knowing you're going to get them. It, that is the most overrated thing on this earth. Coriander. The amount of food it's in and it fucking ruins every single time. Couldn't agree more, Sean. Moving on. Um, sending a Snapchat to the group chat after a workout. Uh, that is massively overrated um, because uh, no one needs to know. No, I reckon it's perfectly rated. Oh, sorry, mister. I've been to the gym twice. Three times. This week? No. This month? (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, just while you guys are at home in bed, I'm letting you know that I'm out here working harder. Yeah, no worries, brother. No fucking furries. Righto. Ice lattes. Underrated. I am a massive believer in the ice lattes. I do believe they are an underrated commodity. But... With nut milk. So, I just have mine with regular milk, but I get looked at sideways when I tell people I prefer iced lattes over like a cappuccino or a flat white. I get looked at sideways. People don't understand. I said, mate, you just haven't grown up properly yet. Well, You'll evolve. I don't know if it's them growing up properly. It's just them not being comfortable with their own skin. So, the the cafe at the bottom of Australia Fair... um, for the life of me, I can't think of the name right now, but great joint. They will understand how much I appreciate an iced almond mocha. Mate, ice latte. Triple shot ice lattes. Hit different. They slap. It's they do hit different. I absolutely Every agree. now and then you still get the anxiety tingles because you've had too, too much caffeine to food ratio, but it's good. Oh, mate. You can't beat it. If it's you, totally if, underrated. If you're a secret ice latte lover, you know, own it. Get out of the closet, baby. You'll feel better. You will. All right, and now the other sport that you and I both follow quite passionately, Sean, I'd say. I'd say loathe. Uh, Yep, uh, would be the NBA. So uh, trade deadline, having recently passed. A few big deals coming out of it, actually, namely, obviously, the the Harden-Simmons deal. I can't believe that happened. I also, I was talking to you in the days leading up to it, going, I reckon they're both just playing chicken. 100%. It just looked like they were just baiting one another to see who'd flinch first. And in the end, they both flinched. 100%. I think so. Brooklyn were worried that 
they might they might lose harder in the free agency and Philly were clearing cap space as part of the chicken game so they can go, hey, you know, we're actually we're gonna get him regardless. So well, you they, give us what we want. They just knew that they had a thirty eight million dollar a year player sitting on the bench who was never gonna play for him again. So in the end Philly had to do something because Joel M V if he's not leading the M V P race, then he's very close second behind our man, the Joker. But I just think that the Philly realised that they couldn't waste this year because, you know, with an extra all-star caliber player, they turned into a legit contender. And it, Despite it, the fact they they got wiped off the floor today by Boston. Did you see that? I, they were down 50 at three-quarter time or something. I 100% viewed that because I also bet on Philly winning that game. Yeah, but to be fair, Harden is not playing yet. So, um, so the, But I think both teams in the short term, get much better. Yeah. I do think Brooklyn win this trade long term. I tend to agree. They they got Seth Curry and... Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond, who Drummond put easily... Up, Drummond put up 11 and 9 in I his debut, and Seth Curry put up 23, so Seth, in the, in, and it snapped Brooklyn's 11-game skid. So, Seth Curry is statistically one of the greatest shooters ever in the league, and Andre Drummond is... Quite comfortably, the the league's best backup center, and they both and they both get better just in the fact that both the the star piece of the trades will both play for their teams. So the happily, East, happily, well, Ben, when he's mentally correct, yeah. um, and Harden, you could see that if you saw the Instagram today, it was quite comfortable to be around Joel Embiid. So yeah, it's a win win. Um, I, I just think, as you said, Brooklyn win a bit more. I think the they win long run. term. They get Simmons who fits. However, I think they they get an elite defender to play around two of the best offensive players in the game. The, the only moment. thing that worries me there is the spacing could be a bit tough, but it just depends on the lineups that they throw out. Yeah, I think I think um, Steve Nash is clever enough to get around that. Yeah, I I personally don't see that being an issue because I think they'll have they'll still have obviously when Kyrie plays, Kyrie's you know a forty percent from deep. Durant's a 40% from deep. Seth Curry is like a 45% 45. from deep. Right? So, I mean, they'll, they, it, Patty Mills, it would be smaller. Patty Mills I forgot about Patty would Mills. be banging him at 38 or 40. I think Brooklyn would be quite happy they got Seth in that trade as well because they initially wanted Matisse Tybal. But in hindsight, like, yes, you'll get about two elite defenders in Simmons and Tybal, but the the spacing would be nowhere near as good. Yeah. And so when, now, you've got a, when you've actually got a negative percentage shooter in Simmons... It's going to help having Seth. Yeah, you can probably only afford to have like one, max two of those guys. And if you're playing Simmons, Thibault, and then say Claxton at the five, you can't do that. You can't have Kyrie and KD as your only shooters on the floor. They'll double team both of them. Even three on one are still back in the one. (laughs) Seriously. So, um, yeah, and the uh, couple of other deals, one of them that um, you and I weren't particularly in favour of was the Halliburton and Heald for Sabonis trade between the Kings and the Pacers. It might be one of the worst trades I've seen in my time following the NBA. Just horrendous. The Kings have Why? such a chequered history Why of being terrible on draft night. <laughs> like They, they finally get They one. are deplorable. They finally get a good one. And to be fair, Buddy Hield, solid player. They traded for him. Yeah, but remember when they traded Buddy Hield? It was you know who they, who they traded Buddy to get for Buddy Hield? An absolute prime 
Demarcus Cousins. So they've panicked. So they panic traded back then, Demarcus Cousins to Pelicans to get the next Seth Curry or Steph Curry in Buddy Buddy Healed, um, which didn't really work in their favor. Demarcus was like a lifer at Sacramento at the time in his head. Yeah, I think but, I think they felt like they were going nowhere with so, that. And, and now this year, yeah. they've they've the Aaron Fox had quite a poor season, which results in them panicking to play, get into the freaking play-in. Who cares about the play-in? Get a better pick. Not that you use them very well. Oh, so now they've traded their best draft pick they've probably had since Cousins in, in uh, Halliburton for Sabonis, who's not a bad player. But he just doesn't fit their system. I, I, don't, I just don't get it. Not even that. It's just not worth it. And the Pacers were desperate to get rid of him because they knew he didn't fit. They're, you could argue their two best players in Mate. Sabonis and Miles Turner don't like playing with each other and can't play next to each other. I hope Sabonis goes there and brains it. Just for Sabonis. I mean, he's off to a good start, but I'll tell you who else is off to a good start. Both of the guys the <laughs> yeah. Kings picked. They had good Buddy, games. Um, Buddy Hill, I think they've only played two or three games each, but Buddy Hill's averaging about 25 for Indiana, and Halliburton's averaging about 18 and 10. So they're both, and I'm pretty sure the Pacers have won. No, they won their first two with them, and they lost to the Bucks today, but they only dropped to the Bucks by six points, and that was with Giannis ha- having 50 and 14. Yeah. And he, it, he, he got 50, 17 for 21 from the field. That's because he didn't shoot any, any many threes. Two from three. Okay. Yeah, well, don't shoot any more. My goodness. <laughs> Just unbelievable. So, the, I mean, the pace has got instantly better. I do think the Kings got maybe slightly better. They, they, did, got, they did have a bit of a backlog at guard because they've got Davion Mitchell coming off the bench. They've got... Who's going to be a very, very good defensive player? Cannot, could not hit the side of a barn with a handful of grain with his shot, but but he's a very, very good defender, even as a rookie. We've got De'Aaron Fox, who will get there eventually. Harrison Barnes hey, is playing Fox quite well. Is, Fox is just having a bad year, man. Like, yeah, he was an all star last year. He's an all star. He'll be fine. So he's only young still, but yeah, just mid twenties, just a dumb, dumb trade. It's they got better, but not for what cost. So and the Kings reportedly pulled out of the Simmons deal. I I wouldn't trade Halliburton for Simmons, so I definitely wouldn't trade him for Sabonis. That's where I'm at. Um, yeah, I got nothing on a on a better deal. We're going to talk about my Cleveland Cavaliers who traded a Ricky Rubio, who was almost a negative for the team. And well, they, he's uh, uh, Rubio is injured. So he won't play the rest of the season. So they, you traded a, a, a guy who is injured for the rest of the year and a second rounder? I believe it was a first. I could be wrong, but a pick nonetheless for Karis Levert, who we, we massively needed shot creation, particularly on with the second unit. Uh, the only problem... Came in, did it straight away. The, Pretty much won the game for him. The second so the game he played. The only issue uniform. with this is that this is a contract year for Karis, who's averaging mid-20s per game. And if we have to pay him, we're probably going to give up Colin Sexton. I don't reckon you will. I reckon Cleveland had let Levert walk to keep Colin Sexton. It just depends because Sexton had probably the most underrated 24 points per game of the season last year because he looks ugly when he does it. But him and Darius are a very handy duo together in the backcourt. No, I really I really think that they would let Levert walk. I, I genuinely think that the Cavs think they're a shot at winning the title this year. Yeah, and I don't blame them because Evan Mobley's been unbelievable and so is Jared Allen. But... 
Jared Allen got caught up into the All-Star game today. Harden announced that he won't be playing. So Jared Allen got caught in as a replacement. Thoroughly deserved. So he's the last pick's replacement to be the now the last injury call-up. Absolutely. Excellent. Excellent. Um, yeah, irony. Is there any more trades you want to talk about? Um, there's a lot of... A couple of other head scratches. Or cu- maybe one other head scratcher with the Mavs. Oh. The salary dump of... Chris pulls Ingus to the Wizards that actually ended up saving them no money. It actually yeah. ended up costing them more they, money in the yeah, long run. Yeah, they paid more money to dump a, their second option and, so, and paid picks in the process as well. So. Yeah, they, had to, they gave up a second round pick to get rid of a former All-Star from only three years ago, maybe. So, I don't know. They in did their, it in, in their, in in their with, defense. They probably realized that the duo between Luca and Chris was not the, what they envisioned. And Chris Dapps is barely on the court now with injuries. So, like, I understand that. They're trying to you know, prepare for the off-season and make some bigger moves. But come on, man. Like, Kristaps is still a good player. You, you, you shouldn't have to match salary and give up a pick just to get rid of him. Yeah, oh, it was a head-scratch for me. I think the only reason they did it is they were worried that they're not going to be able to pay Jalen Brunson in the off-season. So they picked up Spencer Dinwiddie as a backup there. But what? who are you bringing in at power forward? Dorian Finney-Smith. Nah, Maxi Kleber. Oh, give it a fucking spell. He's handy. Jump. Nah. But not yeah, well, that he's, handy. Not, he's not Kristaps Porzingis, though, is he? Yeah, he's he's more positive on the defense. Yeah, that's not nerdy out here. Yeah. Uh, the other one is that uh, after oh goodness nine years, eight nine seasons, the Dame CJ show is no longer with CJ being traded to New Orleans for uh, Josh Hart, who's played quite well for the Trailblazers already. Uh, it was pretty much centered around him mostly. Um, so that's disappointing to see. Uh, the Portland have just completely blown up their roster. Yeah. So, um, um, an yeah, interesting they, tra- they traded Powell and Covington to the Clippers. See, Powell's injured now as well. Yeah. So, um, and then Pelican sent, um, as you guys said, and then Nikhil Alexander Walker, who. Yeah, to the Jazz, basically for Joe Ingles. And there were some other. Expiring contracts, which frees up Portland, but like, it's not really a destination to go to, is it? It's other not. than Dame. No. Nah. So, um, but interesting fact about that, the Pelicans waived the medical assessments to get it done for CJ, who's coming off of like a punctured lung. That's, uh, how, that's how keen to get it, how keen to get it done. Wow. Because he's, he's on a decent-sized deal for a, a, for, a, for a non-All-Star. He's getting 60 mil over the next two years. So he's on a, he's on a fat contract. He's not young. He's 30. He's an undersized guard. I don't who is a neg on the defense. Yeah, I, I don't hate it. Like Pelicans probably need some more shooting. Let's be real. They're going nowhere, mate. They are going nowhere again. Still, still, they made dumb moves in the off season, trading for um, Valanciunas. It just none of it made any sense. It was just hopefully they, not. they are an absolute dumpster fire. They, they are the kings of non-Sacramento. <laughs> The next best oh, or worst. Um, yeah. I hope Zion comes back for them because otherwise they they are gonna suck. It absolutely. Um, moving on to our next topic, pet peeves, Sean. So I'm interested to hear um, hear some of yours because I reckon you're a grub at home, but apparently it's not the case. So, oh, look, let's not reference check current and past roommates. But no, no worries. Um, one of my pet I'll ask peeves. Ryan. He's a bit of a meat freak, isn't he? Yeah. I'm sure he would have hated living with you. Nah, look. I think he loved it. You know, morale boosting every day. Yeah, and right. not Greatest cook in the house. Oh, give us a spell. All right. Back to the reality. Um, one of my major pet peeves is particularly 
triggered at shopping centres is slow walkers. Yep. Get out the way. I have short legs, and if I can walk fast, you need to walk faster as well. Or if you're going to walk slow, don't walk in the middle. Yeah, I think most of it stems from people not actually knowing what they're doing and not knowing what they're looking for. So they don't walk with any purpose. So then- if, I'm, if I'm going somewhere, I'm going somewhere for a purpose, so I walk with purpose. And some people just amble around like they're in fucking La La Land. <laughs> Because they're in La La Land just not paying attention. So I work in Australia Fair, right? You need to walk fast. There's locals around. Hurry up. I don't want to be spoken to. I don't want to go someone go, hey, bro, got any money? Out the way, I'm getting to work. Yeah. The worst is when they park their shopping carts in aisles (laughs) and then stop and walk somewhere else to go get something. Sorry, brother. I'm just going to leave this here. Can you just watch it for me? Come on, mate. Uh, my biggest pet peeve of all time uh, is it has to do with a household appliance. People leaving the microwave door open oh. and leaving time remaining on the timer. Nah. It is my, no, those two, it is my all time biggest pet peeve, bar none. I have multiple candidates in this house who do it on repeat every freaking day. <laughs> Does my head in? I can't do it. Would you rather this like the little ring at the end of the timer go off? Yes. No. Or open the door and reset it so that the next person that uses it doesn't get caught out. I I freaking hate it. Someone did it to me at work today. I really had a fit. <laughs> I'm four weeks into a new job. I nearly rage quit. Seriously, mate. It's not that hard. Shut the door. Reset the timer. I don't get it. I like. I'm more than happy to leave all the doors open in the like. Open all the um. Doors in the kitchen, pantry. leave the pantry open, don't care. Please don't leave the microwave door open. Does it use any more power? I doubt it. Then why do you care? I don't know. It annoys me that I care. So like... Because I'm, I'm a pretty like easy going guy. Don't really... Like I'm not super demanding it too much around the house. I hate it when people leave the microwave door open. But I'm not confident enough in my own skin to come out and say it. Till now, I am. Um, You're on watch, Sam. I can hear you. So I have this theory. Looking at two in particular roommates of yours, one being your middle, your middle brother, and the other one being Richard. I have a feeling that they let themselves get so hungry and cook some two minute noodles, but make them for four or six minutes, and then they're that hungry, they have to get it out and just eat straight away because they've been too lazy to make food earlier. Well, I well, I think... Can you just forgive them for their their mass hunger? Yeah, if that was the case, I would. I'd get that. I reckon, though, genuinely... And Dickie will come up. He will be a prominent feature on this podcast um, because he is the one of the sole sources of entertainment in this household. <laughs> unintentionally. Unintentionally. Completely <laughs> unintentional. I reckon, I genuinely believe that by the time he gets the microwave, the food from the microwave to the kitchen bench, he has forgotten where it's come from. <laughs> so he forgets to go back and shut the door. Um, I don't know what Sam's excuse is. I think he's just got too much going on in his head and forgets, to be honest. Um, yeah, we, there you go. Chasing his own shadow, he says. Sounds like his dog. Yeah, it's, but, that's it. It's a cute water collar, to be fair. So, uh, and my other one, pretty stock standard. People uh, swallowing and chewing too loud. Can't that was it. the next on my list too. So yeah. I feel like that's a common pet peeve. I think that's though. pretty common. Um, like my old workplace, uh, a certain football establishment located in Southport, the staff room there, because they'd sell $8 staff plates from the, the buffet. Oh, that's good value. You have no th- wonder you're that big. 
you'd have 30 minutes to eat it, but some people would get down to the staff room and see a, a friend talk for 20 minutes and go, oh shit, I have a plate of food to eat. And once they have 10 minutes to eat this ginormously large $8 plate of <laughs> probably three out of 10 food that's been sitting in a warmer for four hours, they forget, they forget they can chew with their mouth closed. So not only do you get the noise, but if you if the lighting's right, you can see the saliva and bits of food flying out of their mouth. Oh, that's foul. Eating like oh, cavemen. Um, oh, so that's where that that's where that mostly stemmed from. And I find in shopping centres too, especially people with headphones in, like again, you're just gonna point back to Australia Fair. If I'm walking to Laxa and I have to walk past KFC, almost every time there's gonna be a bloke, probably a tradie like Sam. Headphones in, just chomping away at some original recipe. Because the headphones in, they can't hear themselves going. I can't get me out of here, and then I can't, I can't leave because there's people walking that fucking slow in that stupid shopping center, and then I'm petrified that someone's gonna hit me up for some cash so they can get a two dollar barbecue cheeseburger as well. Yeah, no. One of my pet peeves at my previous employment was having to serve people when they had their ear like AirPods in. It's become more prominent since AirPods have become a thing. That's interesting though. I hate it. Come on, mate. Show me some freaking respect. It's exactly the same as trying to serve someone who is on the phone. So it has a phone up to their if ear. If they can hold the conversation, I'm not fast. Uh yeah. Nah, I'm not with you. No uh, good. Dust. That's fair. They need to grow their hair longer then. Seriously. Uh, on the topic of uh, culinary in oh. the kitchen, I'm putting it out there. I want to hear some of your exotic culinary techniques. So once again, we uh, live with a Welsh fella, Richard, Dicky, as he's more affectionately known, um, who moved in here without a whole heap of life skills, if it, might, it must be said. Um, and we went through a phase where we would go to the butcher, buy big loads of rump, get them sliced up, cryvac, throw them in the freezer. Now, that obviously then means that you've then got to take the steak out of the freezer and let it defrost before you want to cook it, right? So, and often a technique that is often used is that you fill up the sink with water, you leave the steak in a water bath and let it defrost for the day. Like, take it out in the morning, let it defrost So, before, the day, you, go, before you go to not, work. Before like you go to work. Make okay? your lunch, chuck your steak. Fine. Perfect. Dickie found a predicament one day where there were um, some plates or something in the sink. Dirty or clean? Dirty. Dirty. Fair but enough. There's six people that live in this house. Yep. But he could have just put them in the dishwasher, which is underneath the sink. Excellent. And, he, and that would have cleared up his sink space and... And clean the dishes. And to literally the definition of two birds with one stone. Perfect. Anyway, rather than doing that, he decided to get a little bit creative, right? Now, I know what you're thinking. No, he didn't fill up the sink in the bathroom or like a container. With what about water. a bathtub? Put it in the bathtub. Could have done that. Of all things, he decided to open the window of our kitchen and frisbee the frozen steak into the pool. <laughs> and left this steak... Was it just one? Just one. Left the steak in the pool for the day. Did it float? No. No, it sinks. <laughs> all the way to the bottom. Most of the time, it ends up in the middle of the pool. And I say this because this has continued to happen on multiple occasions. Um, and the first time Dickie made me try the steak, and I said, oh, this is pretty good, Dickie. How'd you... like?" How'd you cook that? He's like, oh, I defrosted it in the pool. I said, what? <laughs> what did you say? He's like, yeah, I just let it defrost in the pool. It has come back to bite him a couple of times. There has been times where he's fished the steak out of the pool and it has 
chlorine in it. Like it's got pool water in it, so he's had to throw them out. How obviously. can he tell? Or like inside the bag, there's the pool. Yeah, water you in pick there. it up and you can see the clear liquid in there, and it's no good. But just it, it, it is a story that will resonate with me until the end of time, and it will never not be funny. I'm all of the opinion of work smarter, not harder. Well, to be fair, he does save water. He doesn't have to fill the sink up. He's not when he takes, water. Not when he steals pool water and puts it in his cryvac. <laughs> not only does he steal water, steals chlorine and a steak from the world. It's just, oh, it's one of. That's caveman thinking. It's creative. That, I'll say that it is creative. So, yeah. Um, now I'm told that you had an interesting interaction at a uh, at one a certain service station oh, recently. Oh, I- yeah, so on the way here tonight, I had to fill up and I was already annoyed at the fact that my ni- my 98 only fuel taking car was going to cost me $2.17 a litre. It is a rot at the minute, isn't it? Stings. Yeah. It's probably my Hums. own fault for owning a Volvo and... Hums. Um, so anyway, filled up, chucked just a cheeky 30 in. Anyway, I've walked into the servo and the guy serving me is quite clearly displeased about the fact that I forgot my mask. Um I didn't think it would be appropriate to rummage through my car to find a mask when I'm just going to tap and go and yeet back out of there. But so I'm eyeballing me already. I'm like, hey, mate, just pump three. He looks at me, just flat eyeballs me for about five seconds. Like this. And then nothing happens. I'm like, this is interesting. So I said it again. Hey, mate, just pump three. And he's like, yep, sweet. And that's $30. I've then decided I'm not going to tap this one. I'm going to put this in and, you know, go savings, put my pin in. Anyway, I'm like... Come to your account straight away. Very smart. Yeah, that's another little pet peeve, but we won't get into that. Anyway, transaction approved pops up. So I've gone, sweet. Thanks, mate. Have a good one. And he's replied a swift back with thanks. And like, I've gone, you too. So not only... And I thought about it and I literally paused and we both looked at each other for about five seconds. So I stuck my left hand up at full extension with the thumbs up and said, see you later, brother. Oh no. This is a little bit like when you go into a movie and someone, you know, stubs your ticket and they're like, enjoy your movie. And you say you too. And, and then the rest of the time that you are inside the movie facility, you feel like the dumbest person on the planet. So like I'm walking out and I'm already reassessing my pretty poor social interaction skills. And then from the drive from surface to Helensvale, all I've thought about is, why did I say you too? I've already told the bloke to have a good night. He didn't even say you too, mate. He just said, thanks. And then I've thought to double down swiftly, not very witty, just going, you too, brother. So you've wished him a good night twice, twice. and he's wished you a good time, a good night, zero times. Yeah. So I stole another 10 seconds of his life and gave him a very awkward thumbs up and Cheshire grin. Yeah. You reckon he's gone home and talked about his experience on a podcast? He's probably not gone home. He's probably still working the night shift, to be fair. That's very fair. Blokes on the tools. On the tools. On the tools. Not the greatest tools either. (laughs) Surface Paradise 7-Eleven. Not one of the great ones. Oh, it's all right. Only place that trumps is probably Coomera, Beanley, and maybe Narang. I reckon it trumps Camera House, Helensvale. No, I don't. Ooh. I reckon he'd do a better job, to be fair. Surely. Man, I could have done a better job. Yeah, I reckon I could have too. Do you want to quickly elaborate on our yeah, experience to, at Camera to, House Hells? Well? To preface that story, um, the wonderful sound that you're hearing through your ears right now um, are due to some microphones that we went and purchased from Camera House. 
Uh, the interface, however, we did not purchase from Camera House, Helensvale, um, because the bloke sold us the wrong thing. Then when we took it back, he accused us of not knowing how to set it up properly. Then he accused us of it being a laptop issue. And then after three separate interactions with him in store, he then proceeded to print out like eight more products that we needed to add on top of this mixer to get it to work. And we said, mate, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm actually not interested in you selling us more and more shit for us to have the most elaborate and complicated setup for a simple thing. So I then phoned DeArcy out at uh, JB Hi-Fi Harbortown and he solved every single problem that we had in one four-minute phone call and a 30-second <laughs> interaction in, in store. This bloke was a freaking legend, knew what he was talking about, the exact polar opposite of old mate from so camera across house. these three interactions we've had at camera house now we you guys might be thinking why do we go to camera house for an audio setup um the mics we get have local retailers there's no direct supplier so we, that was our closest one to where we're based and we figured that the people selling them would know what we needed yeah like when so we and we told them straight up that we are novices at this and we need the entire setup we are like the exact kind of customers you want to walk into your store they literally, if you told us that we needed to spend $2,000 on a setup, we probably would have done it. And so, like, that's fine. Like, we were pretty happy to pay whatever it costs. And we got a mixer, which technically would work. But the problem with the mixer was it was designed for a camera, not for a microphone or a laptop. So, when it naturally didn't work, I asked politely if we could potentially get a refund and was met with a, well, it's not broken. So after after a little bit of so we collectively spent about three hours across three visits there to get upsold a fair bit, and eventually we got a cash refund, the greatest of all time, for twenty dollars, and went straight to JB Hi-Fi to fix our problems within about four seconds. And got to keep the mixer. So if anyone's looking for a mixer that's suitable on DSLR cameras, uh, let us know because uh, we've got one spare that we can't return. So I'd be surprised because I think with the development of it iPhones is a, it and is Samsung. It and is an incredibly niche item. I cannot think of a single person on the world that needs one of these fucking things. The only person I think that might is your mother. Ah, uh, for footage of you and the boys playing cricket. Yeah, but look, then maybe. she she could get a microphone set up for Andy. Imagine that. Imagine getting Andy on the commentary. Oh, I'd almost paid for it. That's good gear, that. We could give him another microphone and just sort of hook the brother Man, up. We've got a spare one that we can't use. Oh, but it doesn't power. Because uh, yeah. it's for cameras, not for microphones. Love that. Excellent. All right. I reckon that's a wrap. All right, guys. So thank you for tuning in to the uh, first edition of the Armchair Critics podcast. Um, hope you've enjoyed it. Um, we'll try and post Mondays weekly because we're generally going to record Sunday afternoons. So... Please keep your eyes peeled every Monday. Talk to you then. Till then, catch up.